an episode dedicated to the coaching staff. That's what we have today here on Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. On today's show, thank you all for listening. We are going to talk about Jeff Halfley and his staff. We'll be joined by Mitch Wolf, who kind of give us an overview of the struggles of Jeff Halfley and Frank Signetti and Matt Applebaum uh, at different points during the season and... But to kick it off, let's get into some of the rumors that are going around. I have now seen multiple reports saying that Jeff Halfley is a candidate for uh, multiple head coaching jobs. Now, first person that uh, tweeted it out was footballscoop.com, part of the SI um, brand. They, you know, they've been for a while one of the more reliable uh, coaching uh, you know, news outlets, you know, they have their ties where they're right, times where they're wrong. He was listed as a candidate along with the head coach from Fresno State, the head coach of Jeff Wilco- Justin Wilcox of Cal, sorry, Callan DeBoer of Fresno State, and Brian Harrison of Auburn. Those are the four names that football uh, scoop had. You know, I just don't see that, and I'll explain it a little bit. But it wasn't just this. There was other reports. Pete Thamel, who usually has his finger on the pulse he reported today you know he had different tiers of coaches that you know schools like florida schools like lsu even schools uh like virginia tech or uh washington might be looking at and then you know the top tiers of the luke fickles the um the matt campbells of the world the lane kiffin so those established head coaches that you could get and then right below them there was jeff halfley again he was on there you know with Dave Clawson and a few other mid-level coaches that have had some success, but aren't as established as those top-tier coaches. And the bottom was some of the um, coordinators, like George's defensive coordinator, and there's a few other coordinators that were listed as possible uh, options as well. Now, this if you're a Boston College fan, that could get you nervous about Jeff Halfley possibly jumping to another job. Like, you see this, you're like, oh gosh, is, is he already going to go into in two years to a new position. I don't think he will. And here is why. Okay. So there's two levels of jobs, kind of like what Thamel uh, put out there. There's the, the top jobs. That's the Florida's, the LSU's, the USC's right now. They're not going to look at Jeff Halfley. Just putting it out there blankly. They're not going to look at Jeff Halfley because Florida who just fired Dan Mullen, just fired a head coach who just lost the sec championship last year. How would you sell to your fan base that you're hiring a coach that is, what, 12 and 11 in two years? You can't do that. Or 12 and 10 in two years. The fan base would kill the the AD, Scott Strickland. He's never going to go to Florida. They would never pick that. They're going to go for someone big. So it's not going to be at school like Florida. Same thing with LSU and USC. They want they they're going for home run hires, established names from lower schools that have done some big things that they can they can build up. And they and it doesn't even have to be lower schools, it's just schools that they can't they they can outspend on. That name will not be Jeff Halfley. The second thing, the, the second group of schools, schools like Virginia Tech, schools like Washington. Again, I don't see it. I don't see Halfley jumping at these schools. 
You know, because Halfley has said all along, and I know some of it's coach speak, but he's happy here and that he wants to build something here. You know, he's got younger kids. He's got kids that are, you know, elementary school age. We'll talk about this with Mitch in a little bit. He's not going to jump for these programs, man. You know, he's not going to he's not going to want to go across country and uproot his entire family. So Washington doesn't make sense either. And Virginia Tech is sort of a uh, a peer school like they could pay a little bit more. But does Halfley really want to uproot everything he's done to go to one of these schools? And again, Virginia Tech is not going to hire a coach that is 12 and 10. Just going to put that out there, okay? So then why is Halfley's name getting batted about? You know, thinking, you know, this seems early. He hasn't done much yet. He hasn't won any, he has no top 25 wins. He hasn't put together a, uh, you know, a season where he's had more than six wins so far. Why is his name being batted about? Now, just use your, use, use your, your critical thinking skills here. I know you can. It's his agent. I'm sure his agent is the one reaching out and putting his name out there everywhere. And why would his agent put his name out there? Sure, it could be to try to get a new job, but more likely it's to get him more money from Boston College. This is the typical coaching system that they, they, this agent probably. And again, I don't have any proof this was happening. This is my guess that the, the coat that the agent is trying to get a raise from BC because they're like, Hey, look at all this interest. We've got to keep them at BC, right? They're going to try to get some more money out of them. So it, it, to me, it just strikes me as buzz coming from Halfley's agent. Now there will be other coaches that come along and other programs that will be better fits for Halfley. Now, if Michigan moved on past Jim Harbaugh or if um, Michigan state, decided that their coach wasn't going to get a nine year, like $90 million contract or whatever they would look at. They would, they could go after Halfley, but I don't see it yet. And if Penn state, for some reason, James Franklin goes somewhere. I still don't see it. I don't think it's the right fit right now. Give me another year and maybe some more success. I mean, listen to what he's been saying at press conferences. Like he's learning how to be a coach. He's still making mistakes. Bigger programs do not want a coach that's at that level right now. So I do not worry that Halfley at this point is going anywhere. You might see some of his assistants start to move around maybe a little bit, but I don't think the head coach is going anywhere. And that's my thoughts about that. We'll talk more about how he's been performing with Mitch Wolf in just a moment. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about prize picks? Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. I played prize picks all weekend long. And it was so much fun. You get to pick as many players in any sport as you want. You pick the over and under on their statistics, whether it's yards thrown, points scored, interceptions, rushing yards. You can find anything. And you can find uh, players from mid-majors as as along with the Power Five. And when you head on over to PrizePicks and try it out, you just need to make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON when you make your initial deposit up to $100. They're going to match you 100%. How are you going to beat that? Prize Picks is has an award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. It is so easy to use and so fun. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawal. So if you start winning, you dash a little easier. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com today and use promo code Locked On or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. 
Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power the growth of your business. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, more, NetSuite is everything. They do everything for you and they'll help your business grow all in one place. NetSuite can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of businesses surveyed increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Head on over to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end year financing on the number one financial system for growing business. Again, that is netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Make sure to check them out today. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. Happy Tuesday, everyone. We are here to continue our discussion of Florida State in Boston College. Again, Boston College lost 26-23 at Alumni Stadium on Saturday. Joined with me again is Mitch Wolf, staff writer. How's it going, Mitch? It's going good. You know, I know some people might be disappointed that we're not going to spend the time ragging on UMass or UConn or Colorado State for, I think, going 0-3 this weekend. But, you know, I think we have some more pressing concerns to discuss. Yes, so before we get into this, let me just preface this. Um, you know, we've, we have the UMass, the UConn, and the Steve Adazio stuff every week. It's fun. We do it for fun. And some people don't like it, and that's fine. This week, we're going to take a break from it. Some of you have said you wished for a break. It's a perfect week because who cares what's going on with UMass, UConn, and, and Adazio this week? Except maybe if Adazio got hired by Florida, which I would die, but that's not happening. So anyways. The, the coaching discussion we're going to get into today is our own coaching discussion. We're going to talk about Boston College because let me just go through some of the topics I have seen on social media, on message boards, all over the place. Halfley's honeymoon is over. Fire Frank Signetti, Friar Frank Applebaum. Um, is is uh, Halfley the new Adazio? Okay, we're into the end of year two. Halfley is on the verge of possibly winning seven games, possibly still winning eight games. Mitch, where are you at with the staff right now? Well, the other problem with that is, uh, you know, a week or so ago, the message boards were, uh, should we should be, you know, raising money to make sure we can extend Halfley and doesn't get poached by Washington or USC or whatever. So, you know, it's amazing how fickle people can be with just, you know, a few days later where it's gone from, we need to figure out a way to extend this guy and keep him here. And now it's, fire people and all that stuff. So that that's my two cents on that. But I I'll say this. I think that the, there is some room to definitely to criticize uh, Frank Signetti and Matt Applebaum. You know, they, I'll, I'll start with Applebaum because, you know, the big thing about him coming in was, Oh, we're going to install this new blocking schemes. Uh, like it's his own blocking scheme for the run game. Um, and that should help the offensive lineman. And I'm not sure that it really has, you know, Alec Lindstrom and Zion Johnson are still very good players. You know, Christian Mahogany has developed really well this year, but like we talked about yesterday, the tackles haven't really done anything. And again, part of the issue is Tyler Rabel's health. But besides that point, you know, the run game has never, hasn't really been dominant aside from against, you know, FCS and group of five opponents, but you know, the, the offensive line has not been, they've been disappointing. As I said, excuse me, in yesterday's episode, so that's part of the problem. The other issue is, you know, with Frank Signetti, you bring him in, he installs this quote, more pro style offense that 
it's, you know, it has, it has its nice days, you know, against Georgia tech, it had some nice plays, you know, there were some decent moments against Virginia tech, but then there's also bad parts, you know, you think about basically anytime Dennis Grossell was in a quarterback. And I think the issue with running a quote pro style offense is at college, there's not a lot of room for error because you're trying to execute these very complex schemes that you're kind of relying on your players to be able to beat the other guys. And there are just going to be games where BC does not have the athletes to compete with that. And that was kind of the case against Florida state. So, you know, there were times obviously when the offensive line was getting beat up by their defensive ends and that was a big problem. And then there were other times where they did hold on pass protection, but the wide receivers just weren't getting open. And so, you know, I think, I think there is definitely room to criticize Frank Signetti in terms of maybe being a little too reliant on the run game, uh, especially in the red zone, you know, they got it. I think they should be throwing there a little more and especially on third downs. And I think, he is a little too reliant on the intermediate and deep passing game. You know, this was an issue we saw with Dennis Grossell quarterback. It's like, they were still just trying to run the same offense, which required a lot of deeper passing concepts that Grossell couldn't execute. And against Florida state, Jerkovic did not have time to. So, you know, I, I, I would like him to, you know, I've been saying this for weeks now, but just like install more of a quick game, you know, scheme, like get some plays that are, you know, quote more gimmicky, but they just, it's it, they're, you're taking free yards when you can get them, you know, some like screens, some RPOs, some of that kind of stuff where it's just like, yeah, like it, it, you can't run your whole game on it, but you can do it to, you know, just get a few yards here and there and not have to, you know, just beat down the opponent and, and beat yourself up for it too. Yeah. I think it's fair to, to, to criticize where Signetti uh, is and Applebaum. I mean, it's, it is what it is. Like you've seen this offense, you know, under Grossell, you have to like basically compartmentalize the season, right? You have those four games under Grossell where, I, I mean, I still don't believe no matter what you did with him, you're not going to be able to get success. And then you have the Jakovic time. And now we're now one and one basically with Jakovic. How is he going to perform against Wake Forest? How is Signetti going to, um, you know, adjust to what we saw? Now, that being said, Wake Forest's defense is not what Florida State's is. I mean, mm-hmm. Florida State, you know, I think people are like, oh, Florida State's defense is crap. Florida State's defense has played much better at different points in the season, and they have better weapons than anything Wake Forest has. But it'll be interesting to see what he brings out at the end of the year against a team like Wake Forest. Yeah, like you said, you know, Wake's defense does not really have any stars. Um, it's been pretty porous throughout the whole season, no matter the opponent. You know, Army put up 56, uh, NC State put up a ton of points. And, you know, BC's offense has really struggled against the better defenses in this conference. I mean, the Syracuse game aside, when it was just a – that was a mess. But, you know, Clemson gave them a lot of issues. NC State gave them a lot of issues. Um, you know, again, Louisville, not that's not, there's really no excuse there. But, yeah, I mean – I, th- I think they need to start just kind of like just incorporating some new concepts because I'm wondering if, you know, there are certain plays where you're, if you're watching BC, you can kind of really pretty accurately predict what's going to happen. Like there are certain formations, just certain looks they gave where you're like, all right, I know what's going to happen here. Um, and I think they need to maybe start just having some more concepts in there to, you know, make sure the defense isn't keying in on certain tendencies so accurately. Like, and I think that's part of the problem with, you know, why guys were struggling to get open. It's Florida state maybe just because they, you know, had a really good handle on what concepts BC was going to be running in the passing game. And but I, I do want to say this. I don't think the answer right now is to fire Frank Signetti. I think that Halfley is not the kind of person to make a change just for the sake of making a change. I think that, and I think especially given his youth and experience as a coach, and especially on the offensive side, he wants somebody who has been in the game for a long time, has done his fair share of play calling and 
you know, he wants somebody that he can rely on to, you know, not cripple them. And I know it was, there were a lot of, there were some mistakes and questionable decisions against Florida state, but I think for the most part, they do a decent job running this offense. And I think it's important. I want, I brought this up to Mitch on text too. Like for the folks that are, you know, hashtag fire Signetti and, and putting up memes about Signetti. I saw a couple BC uh, fan posts about that. Um, that to remember the, if you lose Frank Signetti, you need to remember who he brought in and he was absolutely a number one. The reason Phil Jakovic came here and it wasn't Halfley, it was Signetti. They were Pittsburgh boys. They knew each other. And so if you lose Signetti, if you fire him because you're aggravated at his play calling, there's that odds of you losing Phil Dracovic all of a sudden skyrockets because I'm sure he's pissed off that you lose your, your offensive coordinator. Now, as I said, I think changes need to be made in terms of how you schematically look at things and he needs to figure some stuff out. But just, just for those folks that are at home going, the BC team's not going to be good until they fire Signetti. You can't be, I want to fire Signetti and we need to also have Phil Dracovic back and still think the th- same things are going to happen. It's not, that's a bet. Those you're going to lose Dracovic if Signetti goes. The, let's talk about the the honeymoon period is over and that he's the new Adazio, which I think is ridiculous, but whatever. Tell me your thoughts about Jeff Halfley as a head coach. I mean, I think that saying he's a new Adazio is ridiculous. You know, I, I think a lot of people are pointing to his decision to call timeout when they were punting and then change his mind to go for it and saying, oh, like we would kill Adazio for this. And I, I think they're probably right. And I think, you know, that was that was probably not the best decision. And they might cite the timeout he called on a two-point conversion, which I'm okay with that because I think they wanted a certain look for the defense. They didn't get it. So he called the timeout to say like, all right, now we're going to do something different. And I don't think they got it, but that's not the point. That's not the point. Um, I think you could argue maybe about decision to go for it uh, early in the game where they went for it on fourth and in their inside the five and didn't get it. But I, th- I think going for that, going for it at that point was fine. But, you know, I, I think we do have to remember that this is a hard job. There are, you know, only a few hundred people that are, you know, paid to coach football at the highest level. And, and, you know, like any job, they are going to make mistakes. And I think, you know, this is Halfley's second season of being a head coach at any level. So he's still learning a little bit. I, I, I'm not, maybe the honeymoon period is a bit of a loaded phrase. I think that, you know, next year it's like, all right, like we need to not have these kind of things happen anymore. But, you know, I, I think that with, like I was saying in the other episode, it might've been today or uh, today's episode or yesterday's, but you know, I think that if a, if a Dazio team is down by this much, there's no way they come back just because that that just wasn't in his mojo. And I, I think that, you know, I think he's connected with this team. I think the team really respects and likes him. So I think that there's really no reason to, you know, start holding him to a different standard because I think he in general is a quite a very good coach. You know, I don't think there's any reason to be moving on from him. And with that being said, I, I still think it is too early for other teams really to come calling for him. And I, like you've said, like, I just don't see him really uprooting his family this quickly to take a job that, you know, it, let's say like, we're talking about a job that's like Washington or TCU or Virginia tech. That's a little more on the level of BC as opposed to like the Florida's, the USC's, the LSU's like that's, you could make arguments, but that's like a pretty lateral, maybe a slight upgrade of a move. And I, I don't think, first of all, I don't think those offers are going to come. And I don't think he's going to get offers from places like Florida, USC or LSU. Cause they're looking for, head coaches with a lot more experience and 
like just frankly, like a lot more proven success at the college level. Right. I just, I, I was thinking the same thing. Like, so first of all, let me just jump back in with the young, the youth, right. You know, he's, he's been a coach for 20 games, 20 games as a head coach. So, you know, all of the fans out there, we know, you know, deep in your heart when he was hired, you, he was a young coach, the, 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 the philosophy, the thought about him coming in was, Hey, Jeff Halfley is a young coach. He's going to be able to bring a lot of enthusiasm, but he's young. Now he had success last year. He was six and five, but battled in some really tough games, but people then forgot how young he was like, and and it's not not an excuse. It's just, it's the facts. Like I'm not telling you like to make an excuse for him. Like that's exactly where he is. He's a young coach and he's going to make those mistakes. As Mitch said now, and to jump into the the other schools that are looking at, like potentially looking at him, I totally agree. Right. Like he has two younger kids, like a three-year-old and a five-year-old. He's, he just bought a house in Newton. He, I, I think it was Newton. Um, you know, he's got kids enrolled in school. He's not going to move them halfway across the country for a marginally better job. And as Mitch said too, they're not going to Florida. The Gators are not going to hire him. That they, oh my God, they just I mean, fired a guy. Listen, that just if they, want- if they want to, like more more power to them. That's that'd be quite the thing. But I just I really don't think that's realistic. They just fired a guy that won the SEC championship or was in the SEC title game last year. Yeah, right. They're not going to mm-hmm. hire a guy that's you know twelve and eleven on in his career. This is not going to mm-hmm. happen. So, and, you know, all the talk about halfway leaving this year, I don't think you need to worry about it. As we said on yesterday's show, we talk about Dracovic leaving. I don't think we have to worry about that. I think Zay Flowers is a different discussion. We'll get to that at another point. But I, I think halfway, you know, he is what he is, and you can criticize him because, but you need to also put into context, right? You know, mm-hmm. Steve Adazio had been a head coach for how many years at Temple? He's been in the programs. He's been around. He's an old-timey coach. He's been around for years. When he was making those mistakes, he was so entrenched in what he was doing that those mistakes happen over and over and over. You watched it. You were a Boston College fan. You know exactly what I'm talking about, whether it's end-of-the-half adjustments, end-of-the-time uh, management crap. You saw it all with him. Halfley's mistakes are similar. You see him happening. But you need to have the faith that he's a young coach, that he's learning from these mistakes, and that he's going to improve upon them. He, that's very different than where Adazio is. So that's why when I see, uh, you know, Halfley's a new Adazio, I think it's just lazy. Like it's just yeah, lazy and, analysis. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that, you know, if we look at, if we, you know, go back to the second year of Adazio when, you know, Tyler Murphy was the quarterback and they were, they were still going to bowl games. And, you know, I think people were generally still happy with Adazio. So I think in general, people just need to, you know, calm down. It's it's not that bad. It really like it, it. It could be a lot worse. There are a lot of teams out there that are really bad and have really bad situations. You know, everything's pretty decent right now, so I wouldn't freak out much. The other the other thing is like <clears throat> with Halfley, you know, like you said, like he's he's making these mistakes, and they're still fewer and far between than when Adazio was. And at the time, in Adazio's career, like we were still not criticizing him as much for those mistakes. And you know, I'll say I don't think Halfley has had you know, those like really dumbly surprising losses that Adazio had, you know, think about in 2014 where they lost to Colorado state, you know, uh, the Purdue in 2018, I think it was, you know, he hasn't really had those yet. You know, his team is pretty much aside from, you know, the Grossell games where it just wasn't even close. Even some of those were closer than they appear like the NC or the Clemson game was close. The NC state game was close until the special teams mistake. Um, And then in the last year, you know, the really only blowout loss was the Virginia tech one where again, things kind of got away from him and, you know, I, again, I'm just, just preaching patience because, you know, the college football, it's, it's a, it's a lot 
more long-term than people think. And, you know, obviously like you were talking about with Dan Mullen, you know, things move, can move quickly, but I think that making a change just for the sake of making a change is a really harmful thing in college football because then that harms your reputation as a school. So, you know, you need to be, people need to be a little more patient. You know, it's there, people are going to make mistakes. You know, it's BC is not probably in our lifetimes really ever going to be like have an undefeated season and be like a perfect team. I think that that's a realistic opinion to have. So, you know, you have to, I feel like people have to admit, you know, there's going to be games where they get beat and it, it does suck, but that's part of the game. You know, only one team can win in college and that's just how it is. Right, and I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not saying that to be defeatist. I'm just saying like, we can acknowledge reality that, you know, there are just aspects of Boston college as a school that prevent it from being a consistent national championship contender. But, you know, I think that with Halfley, I think they have a better chance of improving this program to be a point where they can be consistently contending for ACC championships, at least. So final takeaways, Halfley needs to improve, but that's okay. Signetti, they all need to improve, but we're not asked. I, I think we're talking about, we don't want to see a wholesale fire, you know, fire sale of coaches in the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Now, Mitch, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Mitchell T Wolf on Twitter, uh, W O L F E. And uh, like I said, we should have the uh, bowl game projections for BC, you know, the games they can specifically make and the uh, general bowl game rundown for all the bowl games in, uh, in the upcoming months coming up sometime this week. All right. Thank you, Mitch. And you can find me on Twitter at AJ black underscore BC. Thank you all for listening. If this is the first time you listen to a lockdown Boston college podcast, I want to thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did get, leave us a five-star review on iTunes, make sure to follow us on YouTube. Just look up locked on BC. You can get all your podcasts right there. Um, and we are on Twitter you, again, locked on BC on Twitter. Thank you all. We'll be back again on Wednesday to start talking about Wake Forest and the battle in alumni stadium on senior day. Thank you. And take care.